puck is dropped and we're back on the air cool button hockey podcast episode 43 and we got a big shout out from feedspot.com they're a podcast ranking organization craig they rank the top 30 hockey podcast feedspot.com and they put us in the top 10 casey Kasem, because they love the work that we do so thank you to feedspot those are just what we would say are just a couple of nice little things as we assume i guess we can't win an oscar could we win a golden globe we could win an SB. someday we could win an SB, my friend remember i almost won the uh the big award gemini which- yeah, the Gemini there. And uh, we're thinking of our good friend Dutchie all the time. Craig, in terms of awards, were you an awards guy growing up? Like in the NHL, Austin and Connor say they don't care about awards. Do they? But they just don't want to act like they do. Let's, let's get to the truth on this, okay? Well, why would you care about awards? It recognizes you as, as the best at your position or best in a, in a, in a category. Why, why would you care about them? So, no, I'm not buying. I'm not buying what they're saying. You know what? We need, you know what we need? We need a sports interaction bet that says, do they care? <laughs> well, they're, saying, on the, they're on the props. They're on sports interaction. I, I, I know they are, but, but I'm talking about a different, I'm saying, do they care? Like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get right to the bottom of it. We're going to find a way to get them to admit I've been lying all this time. I do care. I do care. I want to win an award. <laughs> well, when you've won so many awards, already for McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think they would really, really, really just like to win a playoff series. They'd have to get in there first. Uh, there was a lot of Igor Shesterkin talk. Um, and he was great again. I mean, he's, he's great basically every game. And when he's out of the lineup, those stats on MSG yesterday, the Rangers against playoff teams without Shesterkin, or yeah, without Shesterkin, I think it's zero wins, you know, zero wins. And Georgiev, who might be on your trade bait list board, like it's Shesterkin, Hashik. Well, I didn't do it, but Price did it. We know Theodore did it, but we we like the Ginla that year. Like, is it that good in a year that we're averaging 6.15 goals per game? Is Shesterkin, I think I've got eight heart, real eight heart nominee guys right here on my list. He's at least one of those eight. If we had to pare it down to right now nominees, is he one of your three? Yes, he is. What's that? Four. He, 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 no, 31. He's number 31. Yeah. And he's in my top three, and that's the check. Yes, he is. He's in. Okay. He's in my top three, buddy. Yeah. Not and in I my to, top eight. He's in my top three. Yeah. And I have to, I have to agree. We kind of did a heart discussion show last week and, and had Ovi was there. The bros is off the bloom a little bit because where the capitals are. I think there's an anti-oiler feeling for Dreisaitl and McDavid that they they can't just win, you know, the the Rocket if it's Dreisaitl or the Art Ross. They have to win it going away. Like if they're within a Price is Right range finder, the voters are going to say, you finished Wildcard 2 and you think we're going to vote for you. So that's why this year it's fascinating. We grew up, Craig. Or Gretzky, Lemieux, Yager for a certain award. Boring. I like these races. These races are fun. Individual races the fans love. You know who uh, do you know who else is in my top three? I know who it is. I know who you're gonna say right now. Close your oh. eyes. Jonathan Huberdo. Well, he's my other guy. That's okay. that's uh, <laughs> the, 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 he's my other guy. But the, so that you got two of the three. I said Sisterkin, Huberdo, who's my other guy? 
I think right this second, your other guy's Austin Matthews. Nope. Oh, okay. Nazem Kadri. Nope. Huberto. Jonathan Goodrow. Nope. Okay. Not OV. Leon Dreisaitl. Nope. Then it's not McDavid. Nope. Okay. In my list, McDavid. And my eyes are still closed. <laughs> my eyes are still closed. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Kill McCarr. Nope. I'm going to stop the guessing game because you're, you, 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 uh, Sidney Crosby. Since he has come back to the Pittsburgh Penguins lineup, he has been nothing short of brilliant. You look at Gensel, you look at what the Penguins have done and everything. Sidney Crosby, I mean, he has them fighting right for first place right, since he's come back. You look at what he's done on the ice, you look at everything he does. Watching that game again yesterday, winning goal against Columbus, right? It, yeah, you know what? I think he got robbed the year Corey Perry won the Hart Trophy. And that's nothing to take away from Corey Perry, but Sidney Crosby got hurt. I mean, he, like what he did in that period, and I get it, robbed is the wrong word, right? He, he got, he, 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 an opportunity was taken away from him because of the injury, right? He was the best player in the league at that. I think since he's come back, he's in my top three. I love it. I love it because you made an argument. I love it because it's sexy and it's Sid. There's a lot of runway left for people to play themselves in and out. Yep. If you if you add Sid, then I, I have a case for nine. I think of, of legitimate players. We can only get three nominated. And certain things I need to happen, right? Certain things need to five, happen. Five nominated for the uh, heart. Get the vote for five guys. Yeah, but I mean, we only, only three show up. Oh, finalists, finalists. Sorry, finalists. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. You know, and when people say in the conversation, usually they're thinking, "Yeah, I'm not too sure." So they say they're in the conversation. Is this guy in the conversation? Well, what's the conversation? Is it three people? Is it five people? Is it eight people? So it's fun, and there's a lot of sorting out to do, and it's a fun topic. And we've talked about it before, so we'll keep our beady little eyes on that. But it's fun. Uh, Rangers without Shesterkin, look that stuff up. I mean, it, it, it's something to behold. So we have a story developing. We have a story developing in Vegas. Vegas <laughs> is one, three, and one in their last five, Mr. Craig Button. They're one win since Jack Eichel arrived, and Jack's been just under a point a game. He's been fine. It's, he hasn't wowed us. He's, you know, he's getting up there. Vegas is now fighting for their playoff lives. We talk about first place, second place. Like, we've got a race. We've got a race here. We have a goaltending health issue. Could you imagine for a moment, imagine if Vegas keeps slipping and sliding? The door is open. This Nashville want to be a wild card team are the oilers there the flames look more for real than anybody else the la kings craig i know you're intrigued with rob blake and what he's gonna do i look at weekend how was your weekend avalanche 2-0 kings 2-0 vegas 0-2 these types of weekends one loss was to arizona i find this fascinating and someone mentioned earlier about not buying Vegas, not putting their chips on Vegas. If I only knew who that person was, if I could get them on the phone or be looking at them right now, oh, it was you about Vegas. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. And I'm not saying they're missing, but I think right now when I wake up March 1st and I'm in Vegas, I wake up with a little bit more anxiety. I might need some Pepto-Bismol if I'm Mr. McCrimmon. Well, I mean, let's just look at critical areas of their team. Like, you know, so Robin Leonard, uncertainty surrounding him, right? So, like, you got teams that have, uh, you know, goaltending questions. Well, now, 
you know, and, and you're talking about a labrum labrum. Well, that's, uh, that's never good because of the way the goaltenders play. So now, now what does, what do the Vegas Golden Knights do? You know, no Mark Stone. Well, th that's a problem, right? We know, we know that's a problem. He's got the bad back, you know, the way they play Steve, you know, it's amazing when I hear teams and I hear it all the time. Yeah. We learn, we learn, we learn. Okay. I get it. You're always trying to learn. You're trying to get better. I watch the Vegas Golden Knights. I see the same team I saw last year. You know, it's funny. Uh, after Montreal came back and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, I had uh, a nice helping of crow. I, I actually, I barbecued some crow. My friend Matt Cause recommended a nice Merlot to, to eat with the crow that I had to eat because I said that Montreal will be lucky to win one game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, let alone the series. Well, I lost. But here's the thing. After watching all the series and then watching how Montreal really dialed it up, and, and obviously in the last three games against Toronto, sweeping the Winnipeg Jets, okay, I said they can beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, people were as incredulous, thought I was as stupid then as I was at the beginning. What I said at the beginning about the like that wasn't hard to say because Montreal had, had been, not been a good team. And I give them credit. But because of the way Montreal played, I said, they can beat Vegas. Oh, what do you mean they can beat Vegas? Vegas is the best team. I said, no, I'm not buying. And you know what? I go into this year. I know that Peter DeBoer coaches. He's, good, he's looking to find solutions. I see the exact same team. They can't play inside hockey, Steve, or they don't want to play inside hockey. Whatever it is, if you can't play inside hockey, okay? If you, you, you know, in football, they say running between the hash marks. If you can't run between the hash marks, you're not going to win. They can't play inside hockey. They can't run inside the dots versus resistance. That's all I continue to see. So whether it's a question of they can't or they won't, a combination of there, I think Kelly McCrimmon has a bigger challenge in front of him. What is my team and what are we really capable of? Not this, well, we've learned, we're going here. Sometimes you got to just say we are what we are and maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Losing stone doesn't help for all the, you know, yep. not just the eye test, the analytics, but the inside hockey part because oh, he plays inside. <laughs> so he, so you've lost your best inside player. The guy that stands in front of the net. We haven't seen him in front of the net with Ico because he hasn't been there yet. And one of the best defensive players. One of the great stats going back over the last few years has been how good stone is not just defensively five on five, how well he is defensively four on five and how his penalty killing numbers make him in theory, other than a goaltender, the best penalty killer in the league that he was not giving up the teams that he was been on. And now Vegas goals against when he was on the ice. So he's PK one, he comes off and teams were getting to Ottawa or in this case, Vegas when he was off. So to get Eichel and to lose stone, even with Stone, we talk about their issues. I don't know where th this is going, whether he's going to come back in a month, uh, the playoffs. So it's not going well. And you talk about the Robin Leonard situation. So the sexiness of our hockey here late February into March is Calgary, LA, Vegas. I mean, the Canucks win again. If, if the Ducks are playoff contenders, then so, so are the Canucks then. Because they're basically, what, both four games above 500? They, Boudreaux's done it. So Dallas is an up and down team. One day we like him, one day we don't. Is there anything we know? Is there any guarantees we're willing to make on the Pacific and this Western race, which clearly, Craig, will occupy a lot of our eyeball time and our waving tongue conversation 
because you know what it is? It's fun. And because nobody is really, really, really good. Well, maybe, maybe Calgary. Um, it's, it's, it's intriguing. And it's like watching a stock and day trading a stock, isn't it? The way things go up. You went two in a row. Great. You're all two and one. You have a bad weekend. Ah, crap. Um, I love it, but I don't know. My crystal ball is very foggy on how this thing sorts itself out. Well, but, but isn't this the perfect, isn't this the perfect tonic for the NHL? Like you have all these races. It's awesome. Like, this is what you want the East. Okay. It's over. We, we know who the eight teams are, right? Like nobody's jumping in in the East when it's established. And we're, I want to get to the East in a little while. Cause okay. I, I, I want to run something by you and, uh, and have a discussion on it, but the West is, is fascinating. You're right. Anaheim and Vancouver have to be considered in it. Like, I, I, I'm not even so sure you can eliminate San Jose from it. Like, you know, just because of where their points are now, everybody, go, I, I, you know what I think 96 points to make the playoffs in the West, you know, and what does that mean? What do you have, have to do? But who, who are the teams above you? We're like, that gap is getting closed. You, you look at where Dallas is at with 61 points. And then you start to look where Vancouver's at, where Anaheim's at. We look at the games played. That's really, really, really tight. And I, I mean, I watched the, the other team now, and I think we need to get into this. Uh, you know, the, 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 every time it's trade deadline, three weeks from now, we need to have a trade deadline talk and we're going to do that, you know, uh, in, in the second half of this show. So I'm not going to leave that alone for now. The Vegas Golden Knights should be concerned because I know this, you're not winning without with, with, if you don't upgrade your goaltending in the absence of Leonard, you're not winning and they probably won't make the playoffs. Kelly McCrimmon, guess what? You know what? He, he, he's on, he, he needs to be on the clock right now because it may slip away too fast and too quickly where you, don't, where you might not even be able to recover. That's what I think about the Vegas Golden Knights. Could you imagine? Like, could you imagine? Like, first of I all... Can't, I can't imagine it based on their situation. I can't, Steve. That's and, why I just said what I said. I can't yeah. imagine it. And, you know, I, I thought about it on Friday in the Arizona game. And then thought about it again after the two goals in 26 seconds. And then you do your cools notes, the weekend radio show podcast and start going, they're in third and they're, they're, they're sliding. They're, they're sliding. And I look at other teams, Vancouver is 18, seven and change under Bruce. That 18, seven and change has given them a, a shot. The ducks are reeling. Like it was tough. Like you can see, the young kids are not producing like they did. Ryan's trying. Goaltending's been an issue that Stolarz has tried to save them the last couple. Uh, I've, I, I, the crystal ball is a little clearer on the Ducks. I'm not. I'm not on the Ducks. I am on the Kings and the depth. Right? Like you know, you're the the, the Kings are. They're a team like the Oilers. They should have beat Tampa. Should have lost to Florida. So at least they got something, and they were right there with Carolina. They went to the Bermuda Triangle and almost went one one and one. So there's, they're going to be up and down. They're going to be wild card three, then two, then number three, all that stuff. So th this is exciting. There's just too much when, when it's, when it's the field and you, it's a tough bet. Who do you want for rookie of the year? Well, you like most cider. Oh, do I take the field or most cider? Who do you want for the, the, the Vesna? Who do you want for the heart trophy? If it's the field in Vegas, that just makes it worse. Cause all those other teams are going to play each other. And when they play each other, they're going to get points. Vegas then needs to make sure they're winning their game. Like if you look at the schedule, Calgary plays Edmonton. That's not good for Vegas, right? When the teams, LA plays uh, Edmonton. Now, oh, that's not good. And 
I think that that storyline now is as sexy as a wow storyline as we have. And this Western, how the West will be won, I think it's fascinating. I think that the boards better be out and all the shows, here's the playoffs, here's what's going on. And I don't know where you are on strength of schedule because on any given night, anyone can beat anybody. But when you start looking at who's playing whom and how that plays down the stretch, you know, I'd rather look and say, how many games do I have against Carolina? None. Tampa, none. Florida, none. Oh, that's good. But when you got games against the big boys, um, Craig, it's, it's tough. But you know what? It's so exciting. You know how I do my projections. Yes, I love it. Very okay. analytical. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things you do. I try to simplify it. And, and the way I do it, you can add in strength to schedule and everything. Well, strength to schedule, you'd give two points to Vegas playing against Arizona. Well, yes. that's not so. So what I do when I do, I try to keep I try to keep my assumptions to, to a minimum and, and try to have less variables. So when I do my projections, I look at what their current points percentage is at that point in time on that day. And I make one assumption that if those teams continue to accrue points at that points percentage, what will they end up with, right? And then you can look at what do other teams have to do to pass them. That's how. That's the only assumption I make, and I try to keep the variables down, right? I can only tell you what, Steve. My, my playoff projections that I've done, and I do it basically starting at around game 40, 40, 42, uh, how busy you got a bigger thing, and, and it becomes narrower over the last seven, eight years been pretty spot on and it has nothing to, and like you can add in another variable i'm not saying don't add another variable i just i i want to keep my projection with as with the minimal minimum assumptions and less variables so that's how i do it all right time now for kb on ice coolest button ah uh ah -uh, kb on ice an inside look at the national hockey league brought to you by our very good friends at sports interaction sports interaction and you're seeing them everywhere hearing them here they are canada's sports book it's a light card as some of my colleagues would say doesn't matter craig i know you're going to get creative and i know you're going to do some things that'll help pay for your daughter's uh little uh, mishap with the automobile she's okay didn't start how do you start this section today? Toronto versus Washington. Yes. I put a stake in the ground a long time ago when he was still behind. I said, Austin Matthews will win the Rocket Richard. Austin Matthews has taken a hold of that Rocket Richard race. And to me, the way he's playing, the chances he's getting, the way he's scoring, he's going into Washington tonight. And you know what he's saying? He's going, hey, Ovi, hey, Ovi, you know what? The Rocket Richard trophy. It's mine to own now. <laughs> I'm glad you have it. I have. I hope all your rocket shards are nice and polished. They're going to be on my shelf in the years to come. That's what I'm betting. Two for Matthews tonight against the Washington Capitals. And the Leafs win. Yes, the Leafs okay. win. Okay. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a. They're not gonna give up very much. <laughs> they're gonna be blocking shots from outside the uh, from outside the blue line. <laughs> well, we. We love high-scoring games, as we've alluded to, and we'll continue to talk about as the show progresses. Uh, remember when I took the uh, Bruce Boudreau bet, Calgary, and they won? They look uh -huh. very good Sunday. They will beat the New Jersey Devils, and they will get themselves into this mix. They will be in a spot where we're saying the Canucks could make them not a dream scenario. They've been that good in the almost 30 games under Brucey Boy. So I'm taking the Canucks to win and make it a great trip 
in the tri-state area. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have fun, check out all NHL odds, props, and totals at SIA.com and sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook. The countdown is on, and soon as calendars change, it's a big difference if the calendar goes August 31st, September 1st. Your lives change. December 31st, January 1st. The year changes. And in hockey, with a March 21st deadline, calendar hits March 1, and the countdown is on. Before we talk specific teams and players, what was it like for you? What was the pressure? Did the guys come down from upstairs and say, Craig, what are you working on today? I think we can make a trade. We can trade a bag of pucks for Gretzky and Lemieux. I want you to do it. Okay, buddy. Okay. Head on back to your corner offices. From a manager's perspective about pressure, did you feel it? Were you ever forced, in theory, of making a move that maybe you did not want to make? You're smirking. You've got a smirk here. Not, not a trade deadline, you know, trade deadline, you, you know, you're prepping, you're preparing, where's your team at, what's your scenario, right? And every, every team scenario is going to be different. So, and I was in different scenarios. I was in different situations in Dallas and then in Calgary and, and, and what you're looking at. And, and, and when I worked in Toronto, same thing, right? You know, one of the, one of the funniest things, I, I, I still remember it. And uh, I got to tell the story that this is why I'm smirking because in Toronto, we were so focused in at, at, that we couldn't win defensive zone faceoffs, and so we're focused in on who can win faceoffs, and uh, so we're focused in on Yannick Perot. Like, it, rightfully so, Yannick was a great faceoff guy, right? And so we're going through it: how he's going to help, how he's going to help. And Pat Quinn just kind of speaks up. He goes, he goes, you're all right. Like he goes, he, he, he's exactly the type of guy that we need to win the faceoff. He goes, but we have a problem after the faceoff. Everybody looks at him and goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, he, he doesn't skate so well anymore. And he has a tough time moving around. We need to find a way to get him off the ice after he wins the faceoff. That's a challenge. And like, you know, you get focused in on one area of your team, right? And you go faceoffs, right? But you got to consider the other parts and what it means, right? And yeah, we, we, we ended up making the trade for Yannick in Toronto and he came in. But like all those things you factor in, okay, how do we tolerate it? Pat was such a good coach. He would understand, okay, when I have Yannick out there, who do I have out there with him that can make sure that he's not vulnerable because of the skating but you're looking at what your where your team is at sellers buyers future today you know what does that all mean and you've heard me say this and i say it you better be realistic about what your team is and and you know every but there's important different levels we, we talked earlier in the show steve about how great the races are right well i i've said this for the dallas stars like you know, unless Tom Galliardi comes out and says we need to trade our potential unrestricted free agents, I think for them and what where Tom Galliardi from a business point of view has been, making the playoffs is a huge deal for the Dallas Stars. Revenue-wise, into the future with season tickets, right? Like, unless I'm getting something really significant in return for my unrestricted free agents, I'm talking significant, I'm not trading them. Because I think Dallas is in a very different financial and economic situation than somebody else. So I don't think he can just say, oh, they're unrestricted free agents, trade them. You know, I saw Pat Verbeek. He says, unless we sign Manson, Raquel, and Lindholm, I'm trading them. He was straight up. Straight up. Anaheim's in a different place. 
So I think that where you're at and, and what you're looking at and everything and, and trying to understand what it all means, right? Like what it all means in terms, we talked about Vegas, Robin Leonard's uncertainty. Wow. There, there can't be any more uh, uh, stressful situation for a general manager at this point in time than looking at such a position and going, what do I do now? <laughs> what well, I do think, I do now? Yeah. And I think the, Dallas, Nashville, and we talked about that on episode 42, uh -huh. is understanding, and a lot of people don't. They don't understand. We're, we have 32 teams now. 16 make the playoffs. It is an accomplishment to make the playoffs in the NHL. It's, it's a big box to check. And, yeah, it's different when you're Tampa trying to win. Just making the playoffs is one thing, and then you have to go on a run. Colorado, Florida, Toronto, they're all kind of in different situations. However, everyone has different expectations. If the A student comes home with a D, that's not good. If the D student gets a C minus, that's pretty good. So in Dallas and Nashville, it's about springboarding two years of being in the COVID, maybe not spending right to the cap of saying, getting in the playoffs and losing Klingberg and let's say Pavelski for nothing and establishing a buzz and say, we got in and we went six, seven games. And we had three home dates at $200 a ticket times 20. That like, the part that doesn't bother you because it's not your money. And I don't mean you Craig button, but you, the listener, it's different to sit there and say, we can, we'll have 8,000 season tickets if we miss the playoffs and have no buzz in Dallas, let's say, because the Cowboys and other sports, but we'll get to 12 and change. That's a difference maker means we can sign this guy. That is totally different than the mark than what would happen in Toronto. Cause it doesn't matter making the playoffs matters. They want to win several, several rounds. So that's in getting, and I didn't think about it that way. So if it's me and I'm Galliardi and I say, I'm not losing those two guys or nothing. If you're getting me a really good trade, if you're trading Klingberg and you're getting Nick Robertson and I like him and he can play with his brother, that's a good hockey trade too. That's another story. If you can make a trade and, and trade Pavelski and get a 27-year-old younger version, uh, of course, we're always open to that. But now that changes the narrative of what's going to happen with these players and knowing what your team is. And I think that Dallas and Nashville is an example and these other teams we're talking about, they're going to be, I don't think in three weeks, that stock market's going to change that much. They're still going to be where they are now. I like what Anaheim did because at least Pat Verbeek let us know. So those guys are in play. The players now know, and he's a seller if they're out of the picture, signed or not signed. I, and then the fan base knows. So, and Anaheim's kind of like Nashville and Dallas, are they not? Like they're in the, the middle to the bottom tier of if they win, people show up. If they don't, they it, it's a business. And that is something I think a lot of fans did not think about till you brought it up. So I like that line of thinking. Well, uh, so, so let's look at Patty here in, uh, in, in Anaheim too. So we talked about Anaheim, you know, they've had a really good season. They got, they got really good young players. Now, Patty, the new general manager comes in, he's looking at it. Right. And you know, it, it, it you, you talk about being very clear with the fan base. Like here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm now. Pat's not just saying that without talking to the ownership, he, like there, there's simpatico here. Right. And here's what I think. Listen, as a manager, understand that, you know, you, you, you're talking all the time with ownership and, and your senior executive management. Okay, what does this mean for us? What does what do we have to do? How, how does it look? How do we present it? How, like, you know, and he, he, it's not, he's not saying we're going to sign those three guys. And, you know, part of it is negotiating. Make no mistake about it. Part of this is negotiating that just understand here that we're not going past the deadline with unsigned players. That's what he said about those three guys. 
We're not keeping you with the hopes that we're going to sign you. You're gone. I'm trading you. <laughs> right. So he's also, so if Hampus Lindholm really likes it in Anaheim and they're in negotiations, right. Hampus is going to have to make a decision at that point in time. Well, geez, I, I don't want to go anywhere. Same with Raquel, same with Josh Manson. They're going to have to make a decision. I want to be here. Right. And, and then instructor agent. So to me, that that's so important as a manager to be able to say, Hey, this is where we're at. It's not just, Oh, get something for them. You know, this idea that you got to get, tell me what something is. Give me a break. I told you the story about Tommy Abilene a few shows ago. You know what? I needed Tommy Abilene because I had four young defensemen that he could have a tremendous influence on that mattered season two. And like I said, maybe Tom Galliardi comes out and says, you know what? I'm not so worried. We got to do this. And we got to get some of these. That's great. I'm just trying to say, that Dallas Stars organization has had, and, and others, because of COVID, lack of, like, you know, people in the stands, they've had some, they've had some real challenges. And Tom Galliardi has spent, he might say, hey, give me a chance to recoup some of those uh, uh, lost revenues. And we've also seen now more than ever before that before free agency starts, you can trade the rights to a player, then you get to negotiate and you get the first chance. That's not the sexiness of what is available at the deadline, but there's at least getting something if somebody doesn't sign. And you've also said knowing your team. So over the weekend with so many crazy, I mean, the Jets up 3-0 on Colorado and you can just feel it. So, oh, oh boy. And we're, we're Jets out. Like we're, ground, we're grounding ourselves on the Jets, even though they came back and beat uh, Arizona. Barrett Hayton, good for him. It's like he wasn't ready two years ago. Hopefully he'll be ready and part of Arizona hockey moving forward. Uh, but we saw an 80s game, the first 17-goal game in the league in, in 10 years. What's it with the Leafs and weird things happening in February, whether it's Sittler or Turnbull or Gilmore and all this kinds of stuff? So what are they? Do they have goaltending issues now? Are they going to have to phone, you know, your buddy Alan Walsh? I can't remember a fall off. First two months, Vesna for Jack Campbell. Last two months, David Ayers would have had a better night. in that, like, And he knows it, and, and Sheldon Keep alluded to it. How do you look at going to get something when you've got this in front of you? You know, an unbelievable first line with Bunting and Matthews and Marner a slumping second line center, something on defense that's leaking and a goalie. Like don't overestimate your team, but you know, don't make a trade after, you know, you give up seven goals. So what would you do? What will they try to figure out what they're watching on a nightly basis? December 1st from December 1st until now, Maple Leafs are 31st in NHL goaltending and even strength save percentage. This didn't happen on a Saturday night in Detroit. This has been happening for a while. They have they have to find a way to stabilize their goaltend. Now, whether that's, you know, trying to find, a, trying to help the, the two goaltenders, Campbell and Mrazek, find their game, whether it's going outside, that is a telling number. That is not anything that's like, well, you, you know, it's just been two bad weeks. You know, it's just been a little bit of a bad stretch. The goaltending, and, and Peter was hurt, and we all know where he has, but he, he hasn't, he hasn't been much better. You know, they've each had their spots and moments where they were good. 31st in the league and even strength save percentage since December 1st, that's three months, Steve. That's not three weeks. That's a problem. That's a big, big problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And right now I, I dare say that's the most significant problem because they can go get a defenseman. John Tavares can start scoring, right? Again, I, I've said this, it's, it's right there. 
they're playing Tampa Bay or Florida in the first round. That, so that, it's right there. And if you think that you are going to beat either of those teams in the first round with the goaltending you're getting, you're not. You're not getting it. Listen, the only, th- the only beautiful th- beautiful thing, I mean, 10, 10 goals, it's great. You love scoring. I love scoring. Marner, four goals. Matthews and Bunting were great. We know. that We know how great they were. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're goaltending because, you know, Bobrovsky and, and Vasilevsky, you're not going to put 10 up on them. You got the Detroit Red Wings. So I, I think they got to they gotta really examine what – they know what they have, but, but is what they have enough to help them through this? Because I'm going to bring up my other question. You know, and the Boston Bruins are playing at L.A. on a Monday night here. It's very interesting. The Boston Bruins are starting to push up a little bit. I know they're six points behind Toronto. They're pushing up. All of a sudden, Toronto starts to have that goaltending boss again. All of a sudden, what happens there? What happens if Toronto falls into a wild card? Well, the save percentage since December 1st is intriguing because since that time, the Leafs have still won 18 games and lost eight. That means they're outscoring some of their trouble. And that's a big bonus. That's that's. That's important. They're number one in goals or number one in power play, one of the highest scoring teams in the league and have dramatically improved their penalty killing, which are all huge check marks. They scored a short-handed goal the other night and 64 and 25 have done a great. They're better without Hyman killing penalties. Even with Mike Babcock, they couldn't kill penalties. They're like 22, 20. They're fifth right now. They're 85%. Their power play is 30. That's 115%. So all that's good. Now they can't get a save. I'm looking at the 109 goalies who played in the NHL this year. Number one is Igor Shesterkin on the underlying numbers here. Number 109 is Philip Grubauer. Philip Grubauer. Seattle's done so many great things defensively, but they can't get a save. Now what are the Leafs going to do? Dip their toe in the, what, Thomas Grice? You can mention names all you want. Right. It's not about the names. It's about the situation. And, and, and when I look at it, right, and I just say, do you think you're going to outscore your goaltending problems against Florida or Tampa Bay? No, no. They're, they're, they're... Oh, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, so this is what becomes so clear for, for, for Kyle Dubas, in my view, and his management group. Here's like We know we can score. We know our penalty killing is good. We know our power play is good. You know, I'd like to add a defenseman if that's what you – but, I, like, how can I look at this goaltending and think that that's going to – allow us to beat these two top teams. That's like, I I can't imagine it could be any more crystal clear as a manager. Isn't that what you want? Well, the other argument about the Bruins surging is if the argument is the Bruins could catch Toronto, Toronto's saying we can catch Tampa and Florida. And if the Bruins can catch Toronto and they can catch Tampa and Florida, maybe the jumble that is the Atlantic division could still end up in any order. Like Jeremy Swayman clearly has done a very good job. They play well in front of him. He's probably better on a game in game up basis than Linus Allmark. So if, if six points is a big gap, even games play. Yep. Right. But then Toronto was saying we got Florida three times and our strength of schedule. The only one who's got an easier schedule than us is Florida. And we've got a lot of games left against Montreal and Buffalo and those types of teams. So first is available if they can get a save. And I think in theory, anything to avoid Tampa and Florida from anybody in the Eastern Conference is what they want to do. If you can set something up, I'd rather finish 
fourth if Boston's finishing first, which I don't think is going to happen. Most no, I agree, re- I agree yeah, with you, too. Most realistic is the least want to win this division, so Tampa and Florida play a 2-3 matchup. So no matter what happens, you don't have to go down to Florida and play both teams to come out of it. And given a choice, the Leafs would rather play Boston or Washington in a heartbeat. They would Rodgers and Bell would drop a lot of Sazich right now if they could possibly make it happen. And you know what the real truth is? If the goaltending was league average in the time that you just said, they would probably be now in first place in the division, which a lot of people probably don't think about, but the numbers are there. The door is open, Craig, for anybody. And if you believe in Boston, to really change the, the the balance of power in the Atlantic Division, I, it's not about. I don't think Boston's better than Toronto. Let me be clear there. I'm just okay. saying where it's at. I'm, uh, and what I'm looking at here, I, I I was just pointing it out. What I'm looking at here, though, like they won 18 games with the 31st best even strength save percentage since December 1st. They they, they won 18 games. Ask yourself: Is can you win four games against either Tampa Bay or Florida with 31st in the league even strength? You can't. That's so that's what I mean. It's crystal clear, but, but, but so there's, there's four teams that I want to quickly just address and we're going to get into it Thursday more Boston. What do they do to strengthen their team at the deadline? Okay. That's team number one. I like, I really look at them. The, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously they're there. So I'm looking at those two teams right now. And in the West, the two teams I'm looking at real closely, yeah, the LA Kings, which I've been at for a long time now, they got prospect currency coming out, and they're like Rob Blake's looking at his team, going, "What? what why can't I? Why shouldn't I improve this team?" And the other team, and they got annihilated on Saturday night, is the Minnesota Wild. Bill Guerin's looking at his team, and I like the Minnesota Wild, but they are really starting to fall behind the St. Louis Blues, who, by the way, don't don't close your eyes on the St. Louis Blues. That's a good team again, but. The Minnesota Wild in the West, they got obliterated by the Calgary Flames Saturday night. Obliterated. They weren't even in the game. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Um, before we say goodbye, time now for final thoughts brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans. Not a person or a group of people. It's our buddy Paul Cohen there in Tampa doing great work. UltimateHockeyFans.com is the website. Check it out. See what you like. If you're interested, we can give you our discount which is ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button pod. Some great stuff, ceiling, merchandise. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen, or he'll build you something that you want custom built order today. Final thoughts, Mr. Button. What do you have for us today? Well, the calendar is going to go to March 1st on Tuesday. And you know what? Like we got the, we got these great races, you know, like the playoff teams are set in the East as we've talked about for a while now, but seeding, let's see where it goes. But the West, I like, you know, it's intriguing. And, you know, on a Monday night, we didn't talk about Boston, L.A., but for both those teams, you know, we talk about, oh, East, West, it doesn't matter if you win or you lose. No, it matters. It matters if Boston wins. That's two points. And it matters if L.A. wins. That's two points. Don't, don't, you can't be just saying, oh, well, it's a, it's, 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 it's outside the conference. Don't worry. Trust me. Two points matter. Well, we were talking about uh, style of play and goal scoring and excitement a little bit over the last couple of weeks, just a shot here and a shot there. I noticed this thing that had disappeared earlier in the year and it was called cross-checking. And then I'm seeing a few shots here and there. And then I'm thinking to myself, hmm, the skeptics say, wait till the playoffs and we're going to see it. Others said, no, no, no. So where we are 
down the stretch. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just saying I've seen a little Scott Mayfields running around a little bit. Like, don't want it to be an issue. We don't want to have what we happened last year. You know, we love our buddy Stephen Walkham. Everyone kind of lets certain things slip once in a while. It's a long season. Craig Button, I'm just saying, once we get to the playoffs, it's a different style. It's a harder, heavier style. Hopefully that part of the game does not creep back. I've just seen some things that my arm from the couch went up and then the officials didn't. Just a little soft reminder out there that a cross check is a cross check, whether it's February or when the playoffs starts in early May. Just a observation. It's something we will continue to watch. That is episode 43 of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast. Join us on Thursday where we'll bring you more trade deadline chatter. Oh, I love trade deadline chatter. See ya.